Hello, everybody. It's time for the O'Connell Family Funeral Homes podcast, Good Grief, along with Mike O'Connell from the O'Connell Family Funeral Homes. I'm Pete Wagner, and today's topic is going to be the questions that you're going to be asked uh, as someone who is reaching out to a funeral home, a funeral director, things that you may have never even considered or don't know how to do. And there's a long list of them, and I think this is a very good thing to take a look at. So people aren't as surprised, right? Uh, Mike, as, as when they pop into this thing, it's just sort of like, well, now what? So first of all, good morning as we do this on a, a glorious Saturday morning, and I hope you're doing well. It's been a while. I'm doing very well. Thank you, Pete. Uh, we could use a little more rain, but uh, life is good, so no complaints there. And yeah, this is a good topic. Uh, there's a lot of apprehension, anxiety that comes in when people have no idea what we're going to ask and, and do. And it's kind of funny that after the arrangements, people will look and they'll say, oh, my gosh, this was way better than I thought. And I'll say, excuse me, kind of, kind of you know, laughing a little bit. And they'll say, we just thought this was going to be so emotionally drawn out and we've actually enjoyed this. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of anxiety that goes around with it. So and that's the whole thing with this podcast uh, is just drawing some attention to our whole industry and how we do things and, and trying to undo the myths that are out there. Well, and, you know, I think there's a, a thing that needs to stand out, too, is y- you do most of the work, really, uh, which is absolutely – and you, we're, when, we, when we carve through this, people are going to hear that. And I think the thing that stands out the most is, is as the person, as the customer, if you will, you don't have to know everything because you do. And you've, you've seen just about everything, and, and that's what's what I think – really helpful for people to know. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, the first, What's the first question uh, in terms of I mean, I mean, when someone passes away or, or dies, that has to be certified, right? Well, yeah. So what, what I always begin with, Pete, is I first, you know, we, we get them something to drink and try to get them to relax a little bit, try to get them into that mode of just it's going to be okay. And I'll tell them that there's really three segments that we're going to delve into. First, it's the legal aspect. It's the social security, it's the death certificates, it's the permits, it's the VA type of things that we delve into and get specific on. And then we delve into more of the personal person. And that's going to tie into, you know, what did they like? What did they enjoy doing? What made them smile? Uh, And that's going to tie into an obituary. And then we're going to delve into the last part is, is how do we celebrate this person? Everybody's got a story to tell. And so... You know, we hear that a lot that just throw me out back, you know, they, they don't need to do this or I don't need that. Well, the family does. And so what we do is we create that that healing space. And so that's the last element is how do we create that healing event that's going to help them celebrate and move forward in a positive way? In in terms of meeting, you brought up a point. Uh, do, you, do you prefer to meet face-to-face with people? Or in some instances, do you have to do this over phone, text, and email? Well, prefer answer absolutely. The any relationship, excuse me, any relationship is going to be best if it's done in person. I can see you, I can sense your emotions, I can then act, you know, accordingly to those. Do we have to do them online sometimes? Absolutely. Um, some of what I will call direct disposition providers, and they just provide a cremation no service and just it's just the bare bones, no pun intended. Um, they'll do it online at times and. That just creates open space for um, errors, omissions. Um, sure. So it's best to do it. But if somebody is in California that simply cannot be here, 
Um, you know, the old days, we'd, we'd do it over the phone or through emails. But COVID, one of the positive things that came out of COVID was is that we can do it through Zoom. And now I can see you and sense a little bit more than what I did if sure. I was talking to you on the phone. That that's uh, absolutely I get that. So um, it, let's go back to the original question uh, that that I kind of jumped the gun on, in terms of your legal paperwork, your death certificate, and that type of thing. Do, what do I need to have for that? It, it, a birth certificate, a marriage certificate. What what is required for that to obtain that? Technically, nothing. You just should be able to have to answer the question. So sometimes, if somebody's really antsy um, or they're anxious we'll email them prior to and say, here's the questions we're going to ask. And so then they, they, you know, relieves a little bit of apprehension, but you know, people say, do you need my birth certificate or my marriage certificate? Or do you need all these legal paperwork? And the answer simply is no, we just need the information off them. So if you know it, that's great. And some of the toughest questions are, again, we don't need the card. I, I laugh because half the people, Oh, I've got it right here in my wallet. And then the kids look over and say, mom, you're not supposed to carry that with you. And, and so it's kind of fun to watch that. Um, so we'll need the social security number. We'll need to know uh, the decedent's parents' names, including the maiden name of the mother. And that probably is, besides the social security, is one of the, I'd say the toughest questions for people to know um, or where they went to school. So we just go down you know, where they live, their social, their date of birth, where they were born, their parents' names, education, um, if they have degrees, did they go in the military, and, and then we go into occupation. And again, these aren't because, you know, the funeral home wants to know. The state wants to put us in categories. And I don't say that lightly. They just want to know, everybody's got to know how many years of schooling so they can be charted. And what was your specific job title? You can't say I worked at a factory. It's got to be, be a, a framer or an assembler or a press operator and things like that. They want specifics. They won't take vague and they won't take retired. Um, so we delve into those specific questions like that. And then when you go to the next step of uh, being cremated, um, and I know the answer to this one, and, and uh, it, it's it's – there's a couple things, but uh, do you require pallbearers for that, or as you term it, urn bearers? How does that work? Well, I, you know, one of my first questions I like to ask is I'll look and I'll say, have you ever had a cremation before? And you just mentioned it that you said, I know the answer to this, but um, if they haven't, then I realize they know nothing about cremation. So what I try to make the staff understand is this is what we do every day. And no doubt you've been somewhere, whether it's an accountant or a builder or somebody in their trade that is just talking above you because, well, they know what that means. Of course. And I've got to slow the staff down to think, okay, this family knows nothing about what we need for death certificates. They know nothing about cremation. They've never been through this. So don't ask questions in a way that creates shame or well, how didn't you know that? I mean, my gosh, it's a death certificate, right? Well, they have no idea. So it's important to understand. So to answer your question is, I always ask, like to ask, have you ever had a cremation? Because that will help me then understand their mindset. And when they say no, then I'll say, let me explain a little bit about cremation and how it works. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And, and then they understand it. 
And the whole part about a service, you'd asked about if there's urn bears needed or casket bears. Those are items that if it creates meaning, then let's think about it. Do we need them? The answer is no. But if it's an honor, then absolutely. You know, I always talk about families that say, well, you know, whether it's an urn bear or casket bear, I always tell them that, you know, I carried my parents because I was going to do that. That's what I wanted to do. That was an honor. And then they typically say, well, I guess I didn't know immediate children did that. And I'm like, well, absolutely. You know, this is about creating an event that's celebrating this person's life, celebrating their Christian life, if that be the case. And so this is great if you're a reader, if you're special songs, casket bears, urn bears, special folders, all of these things, we, we lift them up with these items. So, yeah. And that's probably a long answer to your question. No, not at all. And so I was uh, asked to uh, bring in an urn once. And uh, it's not that I was so broken up to do it. I just personally couldn't do it. You know, I I, I, I had to pass it over to my brother and said, it's all you. <laughs> I just, I couldn't sure. because it was like, it was, I'm not afraid of responsibility, but that felt like a lot of responsibility to me. And I didn't want to not that I would drop it or anything, you know, but you know what I mean? You just like, so I said, uh, Bill, it's all you. And he's like, no problem, man. So, but that was for me personally, but, but someone typically from the family carries it. Correct. Well, carries, or we have a special, what we call the Romero, which is a cart that I've created that will help escort it. Um, they can walk along it and then they can carry it too. So again, that's, that's a privilege. That's an honor to be part of that. So that would have been different. Um, I always, what's that? That would have been different for me. I would have done that in two seconds. Sure. It just felt it's, it, everybody's it, got a different way of the approach. It we it, it just felt we weird. try to be proactive. It, it, I love it because it just felt weird. The thought of like me carrying my father. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean that that. But if 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 he had something like that to me, that's a huge thing. I'd do that in a second. So sure. Um, how about celebration life uh, service at the funeral home? Uh, who who chooses the me uh, the uh, music and the readings? Family and so I I always laugh when we had a uh, electrician there. And again, this is a long answer to your question, but we had an electrician at the funeral home, and he was walking around and he was very stoic, and the other guys just kind of loose and kind of laughing at him. And I walked over and I said hey, what's the deal here? Are you okay? And he didn't say a word, and the other guy laughed. He goes, he hates being in here. And I said, what do you mean you hate being in here? And he goes, oh, he hates death. And the guy, he goes, yeah, I, I don't like it one bit. I'm like, what's what's going on here? Why? And I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. And he was just really nervous. And And I think back to, again, as to the funeral home to me is sacred. And and it's where, it's a home to me my second home, if you will. And so it, it brings a lot of meaning to me and it gives me a lot of good feelings. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that applies to you. You may uh, be horrified to walk in the funeral because there's dead bodies there or there has been, or, oh my gosh, that's an urn. That's cremains. Oh my gosh. And they just, they kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. And so that's all part of that process is to understand that and feel it. And if it is, then you address it. And so there's so many different moving elements in an arrangement that 
we play a role in, in trying to be mediators and communicators and just being there for the family um, in every aspect of it. So this is to answer your question, really. Every aspect of it is driven by the family. And you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that you do everything. Well, that might be the case, but it's not that we just say we're doing it and yeah. tough. Yeah. It's driven by the family. In other words, we say, you know, do you want a celebration? Do you want a memorial? Do you want a church service? And then we take that and we guide them. And then we say, well, okay, if we're having a service here, do you have a pastor in mind? Well, yes, we do. It would be our pastor at Bethel or the priest at St. Pat's or no, do you have somebody? And, and then we walk them through that. And then we, you know, it's kind of interesting too. You can have somebody say, I don't want anything. We just had this uh, a couple of days ago, a, a a widow was saying, I don't, I just want an open house. I don't want a service. And then it was a little bit later. Well, I could have a prayer by my pastor. Okay, good. All right. And we invited the pastor over at that point when we knew that, because it's just great to have all the main players there. And so pastor and we were talking to them and, and Lily was showing the, the benefit of certain things. And then she said, well, yeah, we could do a couple of scriptures. Yeah, that would be fine. And then the pastor said, well, is it okay if I just give a short message, you know, about salvation and something on that and bringing in him? And, well, sure. Okay. And then Lily's talking and, well, is there a special song? Oh, oh absolutely. He loved this song. And so next thing we know, we looked and we said, you want a service? Oh, I guess I do. And that's a perfect illustration of when she came in, she didn't know. She's never buried her husband. And so what she had thought in her mind, we have to step back and go, she doesn't know. And give her these options to see if she wants it. And when we did that, she sure wanted it. So it's important, too, as, as our profession, as directors, not to insert your personal bias either. Because you could guide them in the wrong way. Here, and, and it's to create a healing space she needed that, and she wanted it, but she didn't know it. And after she was given those choices, she jumped at it. So that's really, you know, people talk about how we do our job and, oh, I can't do what you do. Man, if you walked a week with us, you'd get it. Um, I made a prearrangement this week for a 91-year-old lady who was spot on. She just was telling stories, and her kids were looking at her, and the grandson was there, and it was so cool. She just went on and on and talked about the old days and, how she first got a job and, and I work seven days a week for a dollar an hour. And, and it was so cool. And I, and I told her, I said, you know what? You are the, the reason we do what we do. You are the, the fuel for um, our tanks. And it is, I just, it, we love helping people and everybody's different and they just, it's so rewarding to be around others telling their life story. So it's, it's awesome. Well, I, I, I do uh, stand corrected in it's not that you do everything. It's that you know everything and you think of everything. And uh, it's super helpful that way. Uh, you don't have to come in uh, not knowing much as someone reaching out to you uh, and have the answers because you do. Let's go into clothing. Um, well, Pete, before you okay. go into that, can you just call my wife and tell her that same thing that I do know everything? Well, would yeah, you be able to do that? Uh, I don't know if I want to. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll take care of you. Okay, good. I'll Thanks. take care of you. I got you. You got my back. Of course. That's what we do here. Um, let's talk about clothing. Um, what, 
what what do I need in terms of that? And I suppose you need it in a traditional anacre or you could have it in a cremation, but you need it for the traditional, correct? Absolutely. Obviously. Well, first to answer the question too is when people bring clothing, and I always tell them, bring it as if they're walking into church or a service. If they were going to wear a suit, bring a suit if that's appropriate. If they were going to wear sweatpants and a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, that works too. But also bring in undergarments. Um, I always joke with them and they say, do you need pants? And I'm like, hell yes, because I'm the guy that closes the casket and that's not what I want to look at. Um, usually gets a little bit of a laugh, but um, yes, bring in full clothing. And, and, you know, that's obvious for a traditional viewing. But if a family wants to say their, their goodbyes to their loved one for a cremation, then absolutely we bring clothes. Some have said, we don't want to see dad or mom anymore, but here's some clothing that we'd like her dressed in for her cremation. Sure. Is it necessary? The answer is no. Is it meaningful? It was to them. And so that's awesome. So we just ask everybody if, you know, what their intentions and what their wishes are. And again, they're going to say, I don't know. And you paint a picture and then they understand and then they can make that decision. So in terms of the preview, uh, there are some things that, that people can bring uh, to, to place uh, comfort for them. Uh, and there's a, a process that goes on with that too, correct? Absolutely. I always tell everybody, you know, we used to say it just for kids. To, kids don't, you know, they won't say their emotions, but they can draw them. And so we always said, you know, draw something and give it to grandma and grandpa. And then we switched and told grandma and grandpa to write it to your to your spouse of how you feel and, and what you're scared about. And that can go with them. It can be cremated with them or it can be buried with them and no one's going to read it. And that's something that uh, I suppose emotionally is really good for you, the person that's giving to them, correct? I mean, it's just, that's that's a, a huge thing for sure. I wish I would have had a couple of those opportunities myself, but um, I think that's terrific. So if you do a private view, where does that occur? The private view would be, you know, we that's a technical term, if you will, um, through a cremation. And what that means is they're going to be cremated. And we're going to have a viewing for the family before they're cremated to say their goodbyes. It's done at the funeral home. There is no embalming necessary and no caskets to purchase. Um, they're sitting in what we call an alternative container, which is reinforced cardboard with a pillow and a lining. And so it's very appropriate. And they can say their goodbyes that way. And again, we dress them and you know, what we call is just make them presentable to the family. We call it setting features um, as in the industry, but that just means when someone comes that um, their mouth is closed or the different things, their eyes are, are shut. And, and that's done by just simply closing them. But uh, families are thinking, are they going to be looking like this when we see them? The answer is no, they're going to be more at peace. That's, that's, that's important. Um, how about when I want to have a service? Do I have a choice on that? Will I be asked how soon can it be done and how long can you wait? Yep. Like everything, you're in the driver's seat. So if there's a grandson that's in the military that can't come back for two weeks, um, that's fine. If there's a son that lives in California that um, can't get a ticket or can't get off work till two weeks, three weeks, that's okay. Uh, completely working around the church, the pastor, and it's interesting, too, that with a service, people think we're going to take them and cremate them right away. But again, it's understanding the laws. Wisconsin says that you cannot cremate a body until 48 hours have passed. 
after the time of death. And then it has to be authorized by the local medical examiner. And the reason is, is as my dad would have said that many people died of lead poisoning that didn't get a chance to see how they died mm. um, because they were shot up by the, by the mafia or something and then cremated. So there's a, what I would call a cool down period, no pun intended, that gives the medical examiner um, a chance to review um, the decedent's past and make sure that before they're cremated, there's no foul play, there's no negligence in the death, uh, like a medicine error or there's any care that fell short. Um, and then they give us the authorization, then we can move forward. Other states, if you will, like Minnesota, has something very similar. Although it's not 48 hours, the doctor has to communicate with the medical examiner, and it usually is anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. Um, usually, again, right around that 48-hour. Um, and so every state in the country has that that time period. Tradi- you know, if people say, well, how long can we have a traditional service? Uh, we had one asking yesterday. Um, I've had... I've had a, a viewing for um, someone that was involved in an accident with their spouse. Their spouse died, but they were in a coma for two months. And when they were finally released from the hospital for a short time, um, we were able to have a private view with an ambulance and um, let them say their goodbyes. And then we proceeded with the burial. Um, that was about two and a half months. Wow. And so if we know that, we can certainly accommodate and work around it. There's certain things we would have to do with refrigeration and such, uh, but we can do it. It's just a different approach we have when the death occurs. And for cremation services, you know, COVID is teaching us that people are having a service now when they died last year. Yeah. And so, you know, anytime anyone can have a memorial service. And so... Um, and there's no, there's no timetable too about grief. That's just it is because whether a service is two weeks or two months or two years, grief's sitting there, it's sitting there waiting and it's not going to go away. No one, I always say no one's faster than the speed of hurt. And so it's just going to sit there smoldering until we process it. And that's what a funeral does. That's what a memorial does. That's what a gathering does is it helps us create that safe space to process our feelings, our emotions, and that's the key to moving and healing. So, uh, if you want, if uh, you want to scatter for those that that do that, uh, can you talk about that? Um, do they have to keep that a secret from from them? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, I always laugh because we'll get to that point in the arrangements, and then you can see the demeanor change, and I can feel it. It's palpable, and they'll be like, uh, "I don't think we can talk to you about this next part," and I know it's coming. So I'll say, "Why is that?" Well, what we plan on doing with the cremains is illegal, and I don't think you want to hear it. And I'll say, well, listen, first of all, I'm your advocate, and I'm here to help you. Secondly is, and, you know, we sit by the arrangement room, and I'll say, did you see that car go by? Yeah, I said, if they were doing 26 and a 25, are they speeding, technically? Yeah. I said, are they going to get pulled over? No. Okay. So... Technically, whether you bury Uncle Vinny in your backyard in a casket or cremains, the state sees it the same way. And if anybody watches the news, politics, um, our legislators can't meet to even, you know, compromise on certain things. So easy things that you think, well, that's not a body, though. You're right. It's not. It's cremains. They can't 
come together to compromise to say, let's allow that. And so people can scatter their loved ones. They can't. So because they can't, it's still considered a human body, just like you can't throw Uncle Vinny out the backyard. Um, you can't put cremains out there in theory. But do people do it? Yes. Is it recognized by states? Yeah. Heck, you can do it at Lambeau Field. They, they uh, have a means to be able to sprinkle some on. And so it's accepted. And so our job is to show you the different ways you can do it. I've helped people create urns that act as fish cribs and they drop it in their favorite lake. And, and I've had people scatter them from airplanes. Heck, you can put them in, a, uh, in the sea into a, uh, oh, I can't think of those names, uh, where the uh, things grow outside of Mexico there on the berm. Uh, you could put them in those. You can put them in fireworks. You can put them in shotgun shells. There's so many different things you can do with cremains that you can't do with the body, but you can do with cremains that are meaningful and they help preserve the essence of that person. So that's our job. That's We give ideas and we help them when they want to scatter. Um, what? This is another podcast. I'm sure you're going to give me a neutral answer, right? What What, what is your feeling on that scattering? Uh, if that's what a family finds a lot of meaningful, and they don't, they don't look at a cemetery as a place they go for, for, I don't know, meaning for solace, for, and if they don't, what, what I'll tell them is just to give it good thought. And it may be romantic to throw them off a bridge, but you may not be able to go back there, or you may not be able to go to your family farm if they sell it in 10 years. So if you do go to a lake, I'll say there's apps out there that you can punch in that will show you your exact latitude and longitude. So if you went back in five years and said, find my spot, it can find your spot. Now, have they moved since then? Probably. But it gives you that point to say it was here five years ago. That's what cemeteries do. That's what places where you go that you know you can go back to exactly to the place that you scattered or buried because it brings back those emotions and, again, to be able to process them. That's the whole key to it. It's not about getting rid of a body. It's about processing that emotion and those feelings you have. And if scattering helps that, then I support that. Got it. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's what I figured you would say. But I think for some it's an interesting thought and they haven't really considered it. So um, that that is, uh, you know, when, when, whenever you're not sure, just ask Michael because he'll uh, give you a good thoughtful answer. That much I can say. Oh, thank you. You bet. How about obituary, obituaries? Um, are they required by law? Um, why are they important? And really, what what do you think those speak to? To me, an obituary is a cry for help. So when you put an obituary, you're saying this person's died. And by the way, please come share our grief on this day at this location because we need you. That's really kind of what an obituary states. Um, it's going to tell about, you know, their past. If we want I'll say a standard obituary. It's going to tell about who the person was, their upbringing, their hobbies, their interests, their work career, uh, their family names, and then the service information. That's kind of your traditional obituary. 
some people are putting obituaries in the paper when they're not having a service. They just still want to tell that story, but they may be doing something private. Is it, is it, a, um, is it a law? No, no, nobody can tell you or force you to have an obituary. Um, it just tells your story. We each have a story, and although some people don't want to share it, and that's their prerogative, or some people are afraid of identity theft. Um, there's a lot of, actually, if you, if anyone is listening to this and you go on to an obituary later on, make sure the, the um, HTTP is the funeral home, because there's a lot of pirate companies out there that can, that they have software that will latch onto an obituary. And you can do it too, Pete, if you want to test it, is you go out and you look at an, um, a service we've done or are doing, you put their name out there and you say, I want to get flowers for this person. And then by Jove, the obituary comes up and it looks like it's O'Connell Funeral Home and they're suggesting this one website. You think, well, that's really oh, cool. Yeah. And it's not. It's a pirated, um, in some states it's illegal, in other states they're um, and then they come up with a new company. And what they do is you buy this $125 arrangement and you maybe get three flowers sent at a doorstep and it's horrible or you don't even get anything. Mm -hmm. And then you have no recourse. It's just, it sounds, it sounds um, asinine. It sounds irrational, but they're able to do that. And then you're out your money. It just, it's crazy how people think that, you know, they work so hard to take other people's money uh, versus trying to just make their own. But so you got to be careful with that. So obituaries tell a story, they tell a service, and others, you know, will put it in, but they'll take certain things out of it. Like, I don't want my mom's maiden name in there because we use that for a password. Or I think a lot of people have done that, including myself. Uh, and so we just walk with them and, and come up with, with what they want, and then we'll place in the papers they want. That's so actually, we write them. Yeah. That, that, we that, write them. That's great. Okay, so uh, in terms of personalization, let's say there's a veteran and uh, you want to incorporate military service into the celebration. How does that work? And who gets contacted? Who does all that? So when it comes into a service and, and personalization, I think is our next podcast. So we'll go into that in great detail. But we will delve into, and I'll just tease it here, we will delve into every aspect and make you think about those hobbies and interests and how we can bring those forward to play a role in the service itself. Um, we were one of two funeral homes in the country that were sent to Washington, D.C. to talk on the Good Morning America shows uh, 18 years ago to kick off a grassroots campaign by the National Funeral Directors about personalizing funerals. And so we're very passionate about that. So that's the teaser for next period. That's an excellent teaser, and I'm looking forward to the next podcast where we will uh, basically we're terming it personalization, and there's going to be plenty of topics to discuss in that one too, Michael. And uh, with what we've done here today, I think this is most helpful, and I think it's a must-listen for everybody because we all have to go through this at some stage in our lives one way or the other, and it's really nice to have this. And then further down the road, we're going to talk about pre-planning again, uh, it's our second time through on that one in about two years, I think. So uh, I think it's a good refresher, and I think that answers a lot of those questions that we just talked about in our podcast. Absolutely. So, yes, I uh, with the personalization coming up for next time, uh, it's it's gotten kind of a national uh, 
drive, if you will, enthusiasm about it, but we've been doing it for a long time and helped write the book on it. So I'm excited to talk about that. And then, yes, our pre-planning seminars are coming up, and so I want to delve into that for the following one. So lots of fun stuff. We get excited about it. Awesome. Looking forward to it. We'll talk soon. Uh, once again, you can check out Michael O'Connell and the O'Connell Funeral Homes at O'ConnellFuneralHomes.com. And this is the Good Grief Podcast. We have another great topic coming up, as we mentioned. You have yourself a great rest of the day, my friend, and we'll be chatting soon. Sounds great. Thanks, everyone. So long, everybody.